Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I know what it's like to hear those three words. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. One day I said to my wife, Linda, that I hated the fact that I had cancer. And she looked at me and said, no, sweetheart, we have cancer. This transformed the way I looked at cancer because every one of us is touched by it in some way. Patients and survivors, caregivers and medical professionals, and we all have a story to tell. On each episode, we share those stories to inform, inspire, and provide hope to all of us who are affected by cancer to remind us that we are not alone. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 176 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me today. A few exciting announcements before we get to this week's guest. And where I want to start is our new partnership with my dear friend, Neil Galarte and his company, Toma Gear. And you can visit their website. And I'm going to tell you why you want to do that here in just a second at shoptoma, that's T-O-M-A dot com. Neil and his team have curated an array of affordable luxury in men's and women's watches, sunglasses, along with men's beaded bracelets. And folks, these are spectacular. When you look at the styling and the selection offered in these products, and then you look at the price, your jaw's going to hit the floor. I've uh, been wearing a couple of the uh, bracelets, just put an order in for some uh, sunglasses for Linda and I, and the styling is just spectacular. It's just unique uh, looks that you just don't see everywhere else. And like I said, and then when you get to the price, you're going to go, what? So do check them out. It's a good way to help support the show. Not only is Neil a dear friend and a partner in this new endeavor, but his company, Wild Style Media, are the editors of the We Have Cancer podcast and have been for years. So we're excited to have this new partnership with them. And he wants to do something for our listeners. If you use the promo code WHC, 25 WHC stands for we have cancer, obviously WHC 25. When you visit shoptoma.com, you're going to get 25% off of your order, which uh, when you consider the prices and then another 25% off, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Uh, orders are taking just a little bit longer now for obvious reasons with uh, COVID. So if you're looking for some great Father's Day gifts, now would be the time to place the order again at shoptoma.com. Next is I want to remind you of our partnership with Campaign One at a Time. Last month's Child of the Month, uh, Spencer, you heard Brody Nicholas, CEO of Campaign One at a Time, come on and talk about Spencer's story and his dream of going to Disney World. And I'm thrilled to announce that they did hit the fundraising goal of $10,000 to be able to send Spencer and his family to, on a trip to Disney World. So listen as Brody joins us later on in this episode to talk about the May Child of the Month this sweet little girl's name is Jocelyn, 
And if you are able to support Jocelyn, you can visit wehavecancershow.com forward slash Jocelyn, J-O-C-E-L-Y-N, to help make her dream come true. My guest this week is Jess Nelson. And every now and then I get the pleasure of interviewing not just someone with an inspiring cancer story, but a fellow podcaster. And Jess is in that group. She is the founder and host of the My Cancer Story podcast. And you can learn more about Jess and her story, her uh, experience with thyroid cancer at mycancerstorypodcast.com. Join me now for my interview with Jess Nelson. Jess, welcome to We Have Cancer. So great to meet and connect with you, have you on the show. And it's not often I get to say greetings to a fellow podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me, Lee. I'm so glad we were able to connect and kind of share the podcasting world or the the cancer podcasting community. It's it's been um, an interesting ride so far, but I've had a great time watching you and what you're doing and hopefully learning a little bit more from you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. And we were talking off air that uh, we've shared some of the same guests. So mm-hmm. uh, before we get into the the cancer side, you've been doing this for about a year now. Mm-hmm. What have you learned? Wh- what have you seen happen in the as a fellow uh, host of a cancer podcast that's kind of touched you and you know, what's your experience been so far? all good. It's, it's, I've, I've learned a ton, uh, first and foremost, how to podcast, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just kind of stumbling along the way, the editing, figuring out the right platforms, meeting people and interviewing people and, and getting it out there to all the different platforms as well. Like your know, Spotify, iHeartRadio and stuff like that. I initially started just by interviewing my friends and I was really blown away by people reaching out to me and wanting to share their story on this on this podcast or on my podcast. And it, I'm just blown away by the cancer community in general, like how supportive everybody is of each other and how much people just want to share their story and get that out there and um, hopefully help others along the way. And that's been the biggest reward for me to be able to, to share all these different stories from people of all walks of life. And um, we, we spoke off air a little bit, but like how it can be really tough at times and it, it can feel like a weight, but, you know, having people reach out to you and thank you for sharing their story and what, what we do, it, it just makes it all worthwhile. It's, it's been a, a crazy year with, with COVID and everything like that, but I, I'm so glad that um, I started this and, and being able to meet you and follow you for being such a veteran of it to, to learn and uh, hopefully continue to grow. And you having me on here, this is really exciting and, and awesome for me too. It's fun being on the other end of the mic every now and then, isn't it? I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, I, I still got nervous though. I get nervous before every, every podcast that I record, but I was like little butterflies again, even just talking with you, even though I'm the guest. <laughs> it's not nervous, it's excitement. Yeah, and there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you've learned from these interviews that uh, you didn't expect? Wow, that's a good question. I I learn something every time, every person I speak with. um, I always make sure to ask, you know, any advice or silver linings of of your cancer and everything like that. And it's just, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to share their story and, and reach somebody and connect with somebody. 
And I think it's incredible that people are willing to be so vulnerable. Um, I was not expecting people to be as open as they are in wanting to share their story and, and connect with people out there. And I, I get responses from friends of mine who, you know, have not had cancer, but they listen to the podcast and they're just like, it's, it's incredible. They, they eat up all these stories and the advice that, that people share. I've learned about different types of cancers I've never even heard of and um, different types of treatments that I've never even heard of. And it's, it's, I think it's just a really great way to continue to, to learn and, and to be a constant student and also to be able to um, sympathize and empathize with, with others that are out there. You know, it's funny you say that because I typically ask each guest before we start, is there anything you want me to cover, anything you don't want me to cover? Yeah. And I stopped asking in the question because a hundred percent of the time the answer from all these people who've been touched by cancer is my life is an open book. Anything I can share that can help anybody, no question is off limits. Every single person has said that to me too. And I should probably just take that question off. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm being respectful by asking it. Yeah, yeah. But so far, the uh, to a person, right? Yeah. Every single person uh, has had these. Yeah, I've had people say like, "I'm an open book. Nothing's off limits," and it's just. I think it's great. I, I we had said um, how great the cancer community is, how how open everybody is, and it doesn't matter what type of cancer you've had. That they're they're open arms and and wanting to lift each other up and, and help each other any way that we can. What is being? What has being a podcaster done for you? personally? It's, it's really opened my eyes to how much everyone is affected by cancer. It doesn't matter who you are, um, whether you've had it, a family member, a friend, whether they survived, they passed away. Um, so every person that you ever meet, we ever meet, um, has been affected by cancer. And I definitely, I feel that um, it's less of a, I guess, faux pas. I don't even know if that's the right term. Um, it's it's less of a touchy subject. Um, the more we talk about it, uh, the more comfortable we are with, um, with talking about it, with sharing it. And it, it becomes less of a, a weird thing um, to talk about with others. And I think that's really cool. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the We Have Cancer Show. And as always, thank you so much to Lee for providing this amazing opportunity to connect with so many of you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Brody Nicholas, and I have the honor of leading Campaign One at a Time. This month, we are sponsoring Jocelyn, a nine-year-old cancer patient from San Marcos, California. Jocelyn is currently battling leukemia and has about nine months left until she finishes treatment. She has a love for art, soccer, swimming, the beach, and dinosaurs. Ever since the age of two, Jocelyn has wanted to become a paleontologist, which is why we're on a mission to raise $10,000 this month to send Jocelyn and her parents on a trip of a lifetime to the Dinosaur National Monument in Jensen, Utah. You can learn more about Jocelyn's campaign and how you can help by visiting wehavecantorshow.com forward slash Jocelyn. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's keep spreading good together so we can make more amazing memories possible for another brave kid like Jocelyn. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode to learn how you can get your rear in gear. So, like all of us, you heard the three words. As a matter of fact, it's been a year, a little over a year, that uh -huh. you heard the words. 
you yeah. have cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your first reaction? Um, I heard it over the phone. <laughs> I was at work too. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, um, my husband knew that the phone call was coming. So he came to work to my office and uh, sat with me in an empty private office. And I had the conversation with my endocrinologist and I basically already knew I was going to get the diagnosis because on um, my previous visit to him, he, he said he was like 95% sure that it was cancer. So I was kind of already prepped, but to actually hear the words out loud, it was just kind of a a surreal moment. Um, It's almost like the Charlie Brown teacher, you know, that wah, 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 wah. (laughs) Your mind goes blank. Uh What about you? Like I imagine for you too. Uh, I've heard it so many times. When when you ask me the question, I have to ask which time. And and I have your story right you got the news on Christmas Eve, yes. And I got the news of my metastasis, my first one, uh, th- three and a half weeks after I got married on New Year's Eve. Jeez. So Christmas Eve for you and New Year's Eve for me. It it holds a, a different uh, memory forever. So it's. But but then we also have we also have milestones to celebrate because you yes you have your one year. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at the time that our conversation, this interview comes out, I will have passed my ten years wow, since diagnosis. Yeah, and still going at it. So thank you, but you know, you're right. It doesn't. You know, that's where for for this podcast, that's where the we comes from. Mm-hmm. Is we're all touched. Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. touched, right? Mm-hmm. So. That takes me to what's been the reaction? How have those close to you, how do they deal with the news? When I found out, like, uh, I didn't get the like exact diagnosis or the phone call on Christmas Eve, but that's when my doctor told me that it's most likely cancer. <laughs> no joke. Like the next morning, I hopped a plane to my in-law's house in Texas and my husband, he's a pilot and he, he was meeting there cause, me there because he had a, a trip. So he's coming back and he knew, but it was, I kept it from everybody until after the holidays. I didn't want to tarnish their, their holiday experience and, you know, have that memory on them. Like that memory is on me. And, um, and I kept it from quite a few people for a while until it, honestly, until I started the podcast, but with close friends and family, um, I've had a few friends with cancer, family members with cancer, and they're incredibly supportive. And um, my my husband and my my parents um, really supportive too. It was just like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get through this. Um, it from diagnosis to my surgery was probably about a month, and it just all happened really fast from when they found the the nodule to the ultrasound to the biopsy to the maybe diagnosis to the official diagnosis is all very quick. And I don't think um, a lot of us really had time to process it. I would say that the processing really started after the fact. And especially with my husband, um, he he went into caretaker mode. He's an amazing caretaker. And uh, he just, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to I'll take care of you. And he was a strong one. And I've talked about it on my podcast. I'm sure you have with everybody. It's just a, the caretakers for people who are trying to survive cancer are 
they deserve a special place in heaven. And the fact that they just drop their lives and they, they go all in, let's get through this full speed ahead. And, um, my, my, my husband, I don't think he really had a chance to, um, process and grieve for a while. Um, I didn't realize how hard it hit him until probably about six months later. And, uh, we finally had, were able to talk about it, but he cried. I've like never seen him cry before that. That was horrible. It was horrible to see somebody hurting because of what I was going through. And, um, and, and, but just to see his love and, and how he took care of me and how much he cares about me. And we were, we were able to work it out and, and talk, unpack it, let's say unpack it and, and, and talk about it and, and work with his feelings too. And, um, also my parents, my, my family, I would say my parents are, uh, like 65 ish. I have to do the math, math in my head. And I have a sister. Um, we, we don't really talk too much about feelings. So, um, it was interesting. Uh, my mom's a worrier. Uh, so I'm sure she worried her a little hard out, but, um, you know, my parents were, were there for me too. You know, like they, they wanted to come for my surgery. They wanted to, you know, do anything that they could to, to help support me in this whole process. Um, I, I do regret not having them come for my surgery because I was right before COVID and it, I didn't see them for another year after that. And that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find yourself putting a lot of energy into protecting the people you love? Uh, kinda. That's a, that's a good questions. I feel that I don't want to burden people with, I guess my, my problems, not saying that like everything is a problem, but I'm an incredibly private person. And, uh, for me to tell or have other people know acquaintances, friends, I've been talking to forever to know that I had cancer was hard for me. Um, I just don't know if, yeah, I just don't like to burden people. I don't know. I know they can handle it. (laughs) I don't know if it's a personality thing. I don't know. (laughs) I heard something, maybe this, and it was a lesson for me. There's a fellow podcaster. His name is Max Ivy. He goes, he's known as the blind blogger. He is in Texas. And I met Max at one of the podcasting conference. And I'm going to do a horrible job of paraphrasing what Max said. But it was something along the lines of, and I think it was Max. (laughs) Now I'm questioning, was it even him? (laughs) (laughs) But he said that if you turn down someone's offer to help or you don't allow someone to help you're denying them the joy they can experience from helping you and i went whoa that was like one of those blow you away kind of comments and ever since i heard that um it kind of changed my approach to you know how i what i shared with people and uh, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Now, my parents are in their mid eighties, and uh, my I'm very. I have two younger sisters who I'm very close to, and my middle sister calls it self preservation. She's listening to this. I guarantee you, she is an <laughs> episode. So she calls it self preservation. So even though my parents are in their mid eighties, I still tell them what's going on, but mm-hmm. I wait with them. I wait if it's bad news until mm-hmm. I have all the answers. 
because that's just going to stress them more. If I have to yeah. say, this has happened. Well, what are they going to do? I don't know yet. When's the procedure? I don't know yet. So I wait till I have all the information and then I can answer all the questions. So that's my approach with them. (laughs) (laughs) And my sister goes, you're smart. That's self-preservation because otherwise they're going to just, otherwise they're just going to drive you absolutely crazy. Yeah. What about this? What about this? this? (laughs) Not that they don't do that already, but that's a topic for another episode. (laughs) I love my folks. Yeah. Well, it's, but, it's interesting that you said something about, um, I just recorded, I haven't posted her episode yet, but I just recorded with Stacy. She had ovarian cancer and she was talking about how she learned to say yes to people when they offered help. Cause she, at first she had not done that. And, um, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to start saying yes. If people want to help me, I, that's great. You know, I, I can't do everything she had two young kids and, and everything like that. And to have you say that, like, almost back-to-back days, it's kind of making its way in my brain. <laughs> so my, my cousin uh, passed away two and a half years ago from pancreatic cancer, and she struggled with accepting help. And mm-hmm. we, we taught, I shouldn't say we, my sisters taught Lisa, here's your response to anytime someone wants to help. You say this, that would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so it got to be a standing joke in the family. Hey, do you need this? That would be lovely. <laughs> That's perfect. I love right? that. That's perfect. <laughs> How did you come up with the idea? What what prompted you to take your experience and want to start the My Cancer Story podcast? I was I was like in acupuncture. I was laying there on the table, needles in me, and I'm just like, you know what? My my cancer experience was fairly quick and easy, and you know a good kind of cancer or whatever. And I know it's not, I air quoted for people who can't hear me. Uh, It's a very survivable cancer. And and my story from beginning to end or beginning to whatever is, is was fairly quick and uh, painless ish, you know, but I was like, man, there's so many people out there that are affected by cancer. And I've had friends pass away. I've, I've had friends you know, with, with cancer, cancer complications. And, and I know friend of friends of friends having you know, people affected. And I was like, man, I just really want to learn more and meet more people and, and share people's stories. And I did some research on finding if there were other cancer story or cancer podcasts out there. And I saw yours. There are a few. Um, I think there were a couple that started around the same time I did, but um, you know, I just, I just wanted to, to get people's stories out there. And I wanted to, to learn more about the, the cancer community. And yeah, and I, I can't believe it actually came to fruition and I, I followed through with it. It's, it's kind of crazy. I, I think COVID and quarantine really made me do it because there really wasn't much else going on in my life other than working from home. And I'm so glad that I stuck with it and started it and kept it going. And I was blown away. Um, by people reaching out to me. That was probably the, the coolest thing and what kept the ball rolling for me and, and just reaching people that I didn't even know I could reach. And I think that's just been such a, a wonderful um, silver lining to having cancer and being a cancer survivor. It still sounds weird for me to say it. <laughs> Have you given any thoughts to where you see this going? What you, you know, what this looks like down the road? I started it out just doing one episode a month. And then once I just started getting more and more people wanting to do it, it's, 
I, I start doing it every week. Um, and, um, I don't think I've thought that far ahead. Um, I would always like to continue to do this. Uh, my, my husband and my mother-in-law, they always check in on me about doing this because it can get heavy. And, um, I'm, I want to keep doing it as long as I'm still helping people to an extent, whether they're, they're hearing stories or connecting with other cancer survivors or learning something new or just listening to it because they're, they're just really struggling. Um, I, I, I plan to always do it. I, I don't know if I'll always do it every week. I think you do it every two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And um, as, for, as long as I'm it sounds selfish. As long as I'm getting, you know, filling my cup and getting the satisfaction and, and doing this for me as well as others that are out there, I'll keep doing it. Um, I just don't know the lengths uh, that I'll be able to grow, but I'll do my best to grow. You know, everybody's got a podcast now. So, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, for you, I'm not sure how it's like you, you said you're going on uh, six years for your podcast. Did, did you start out doing it every week and back it off? Like, what was your experience with this? What did it get kind of heavy at sometimes that you needed some more time for you and your family? Oh yeah. And I've yeah. shared that there's actually a blog post on, on my website about that. But, uh, I started off guns blazing and I said, Oh, I'm going to do this every week. And yeah. part of the, th- the thought process when I did that was it, the podcast originally was branded as the colon cancer podcast. And I launched it at the start of right before the beginning of March, which is colon cancer awareness month. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that makes sense to do an episode every week because it is colon cancer awareness month. And after about five episodes, like this is not sustainable in terms of, you know, a full-time job and, and, uh, you know, just the stress and, you know, workload and all that. So after that, I went to every other week and been doing that ever since. So it was really pretty much just the first week, first week, uh-huh. I'm sorry, first month that, uh, I did it weekly. So Yeah. Well, plus it's just you, you know, to, to spend the time doing the, a, the interview and then editing and then promoting it and, and everything like that. It's does take time. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of ping ponging between podcasting and cancer yeah, and podcasting yeah, that's and cancer. Cool. <laughs> uh, you came up with the idea mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of acupuncture. Mm-hmm. How much uh, would you say integrative medicine? I think it's probably the good umbrella term. Mm-hmm. How much of that was part of uh, your your cancer experience? You know, I I would say I probably got into integrative medicine and integrative nutrition about eight years ago. And I was, I was really big into it, like more of a natural lifestyle, doing what I can to reduce my environmental and stressors and um, toxicity and everything like that. And I'd always been uh, fairly healthy and I've always incorporated acupuncture and other integrative uh, health me- methods throughout my life. And so when I did find out I had uh, thyroid cancer, I, I, I went to my acupuncturist and she's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, we'll start working on some meridians and, you know, just get your chi flowing properly, you know, for mental health. And then hopefully maybe helping with the endocrine system and everything like that. So I was doing it from before my, my cancer diagnosis every now and then. But once I did get my cancer diagnosis, I was going about once a week um, before my surgery. And then even after my surgery for um, probably about six or seven more months after that. Um, 
I wasn't the best because before my diagnosis, I hadn't really been to the doctor, like a Western doctor, I guess, if you will, for about five years. So that was a big learning um, experience for me to go to a doctor, get your checkups. It's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) I was the worst about it because I hated my insurance. And at at one point I didn't have insurance and everything like that. So that was kind of tough, but I'd always um, used acupuncture and more of like integrative medicine um, just in my everyday life. So I really feel like it helped, especially with my anxiety about the process of the cancer diagnosis, surgery, and life after not having a thyroid. Um, I used the acupuncture definitely helped me out with that. How has uh, you know having your thyroid removed as a result of your cancer? How has that impacted your your health and your well well being? I was so bummed to find out I was losing my thyroid and like so cosmetic or like so vainly didn't want a scar. I don't care. The scars look right there. Yeah, you can barely see it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what I was worried about with that. Um, yeah. Uh, it took a while for my endocrinologist to find the correct synthroid dosage and, um, you know, to remember to take it every day and to wait at least 30 minutes to have coffee, which I would just have coffee like the second that I woke up. And then wait like 30 minutes to an hour before eating. And then I have to think about when I'm taking my my vitamins. So that doesn't affect the absorption. Like I've never really had to think about that side of things, like taking medication, you know, timing things properly. And that was definitely a learning curve for me. And also it, it affected um, my absorption rate. So like my thyroid hormone level was way off and like there were like, all, everything was going crazy until I figured it out and I figured out timing. Um, that being said, like with, with taking a medication every day, it doesn't bug me that much anymore. It's just kind of, you know, a way of life now, but I definitely had to check myself on eating better, eating properly, actually eating to live as opposed to just eating for pleasure. And also I had to think about my alcohol consumption as well. You know, it's that you don't have this little, little gland now to help regulate your hormones and your, um, your metabolism. So I, I, I really had a come to Jesus moment with myself that I needed to actually pay more attention to what I'm putting in my body and how I'm treating my body. And I think every cancer survivor has that, that moment of like, I really need to start taking care of myself. Uh, it's, it's, it's important. <laughs> I would like to not have a, another diagnosis or to, you know, to have it come back or something else pop up. So um, that, that was probably the biggest um, change in my life with, with not having a thyroid. My sister had her thyroid removed. Um, she didn't, she not have cancer, um, but I think they had some suspicious nodules on hers and she just opted just take it out. So to have her um, there for advice was really helpful. And so she helped me with timing on everything like that as well. Good. That, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. It's crazy things that you don't even know. You don't even think about. <laughs> I don't know. And then don't, let, don't get me started on the things that the doctor, air quotes again, forgets to tell you, right? Yes. Of, yes. Of, you know, whatever it may be, you know, side effects and those kinds of things. And, yeah. I'm, I'm very yeah. lucky that like, well, they gave me the generic version first and my sister's like, oh no, you got to get the Synthroid, like the, the brand name. And I switched over to the brand name. I really didn't feel a difference, which is good. I'm glad. But um, I didn't know that was an option. 
And so luckily I can email my doctor whenever, but like, I don't, I don't want to bug him too much with all these like weird things. Like the other day I was like having a hard time swallowing and I was like, Oh my gosh, is there another nodule in the space? I don't know. And I don't know if you had a question about that at all, but it's just like that constant, like, and I know, you know, it's just like the constant, like not fear. It's like kind of always lingering over you, like any little thing that changes in your body. Cause you're very aware of your body. It's just like, what is this? Is it coming back? What's the deal? And I don't know that that ever leaves. No, I doubt it will. You know, <laughs> I wish I could tell you it does. Uh, you know, our stories obviously are different. I'm still in yeah. tre- treatment, but uh, you know, the the people I've interviewed, you know, you just it's, you live with that fear, and and people, you know, tell, oh, you know, you you're you're cured now, right? You have nothing mm-hmm. to worry about. It's like mm-hmm. you you don't you know you don't you don't understand. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it it doesn't ever. It may physically leave you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't ever leave you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely yeah. affects your life forever. It does. It does. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed uh, getting to chat with you and hear your yeah. story. You're so easy and, to talk to. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. And, uh, and uh, just you know, appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story. And uh, maybe you'll inspire more people to come play in our podcast uh, sandbox yeah. here. <laughs> right? Yeah. And no, I, I, I loved, uh, love seeing what you're doing. And like you had said, we have a whole lot of overlapping guests. And it, it's just been so great to to have them on and, and them being so willing to share their story. And then also on, on different podcasts as well. So um, I think it's kind of neat that, you know, it's a community. It's not competition. So, and I just oh, think it's absolutely. so great what sure. everybody's doing with their, um, their, their podcast, their cancer podcast, or they're a, a bunch of great ones out there. And I just saw a new one pop up too. So oh, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Jess, thanks again. Be well, my friend. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. It was a pleasure being here. Likewise. Well, I'm excited. After so many episodes talking about Get Your Rear in Gear and the amazing events that the Colon Cancer Coalition puts on around the country, at long last, I get to participate in one. Coming up on May 16th is the virtual Get Your Rear in Gear Run Walk event, and uh, Linda and I will be participating, and we'd love for your support if you're able. If you're interested in donating to uh, our uh, virtual run as part of this Get Your Rear and Gear event, you can do so by visiting our page at wehavecancershow.com forward slash Lee. There are many events taking place across the country. To find out more about the events that might be taking place near where you live or even virtually, you can visit the Colon Cancer Coalition right through our website at wehavecancershow.com forward slash CCC. Obviously, that stands for Colon Cancer Coalition. Again, to learn more about the Get Your Rear and Gear events taking place across the country, go to wehavecancershow.com forward slash CCC. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter.